Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, yet another day, a massive move in the NFL that directly will affect the AFC West. We're going to talk about the Raiders creating salary cap space that they can use now and some they can use post-June 1st. Plus, after a week of having it in the bag, it is finally my time. My interview with former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. It will be heard on today's show. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast for Friday, March 11th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find it free and available on all platforms. And got a lot to get to on today's show. I'm kind of thinking that if you punch the clock and you look at the clock uh, during this show, it's going to go a little overtime. But I got to get everything in. It's a Friday. We got to close out this week really strong and head into the weekend because, one, who knows what's going to happen today? Who knows what's going to happen over the weekend? But I do know on Monday, the legal tampering period for free agency begins, and that's going to be fast and furious. There'll be plenty to talk about. So today, it all goes down. Meeting in segment number two and three, you're going to hear my conversation with former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. But let's get into the news and notes of it. On Thursday morning, woke up to the fact that the Raiders were clearing up cap space. Uh, they restructured the contracts of left tackle Colton Miller and also running back Kenyon Drake, which created $14.5 million in cap space. Right now, the Raiders are sitting eighth in cap space with just over $34 million. And I think that's great because before that restructure, they were sitting there with only $17 million. It's something I talked about in great length on Thursday's show uh, before I found out about the restructures and all this and creating no cap space. And that's not a whole lot to do a lot with. Now, $34 million is a lot better. As I mentioned, they're in eighth place right now. Uh, I still think they need to clear about $10 more million. If they can clear 10 more million, they'll be in a good position to be real players next week during free agency. So uh, that's good that they're getting that all taken care of quick, fast, and in a hurry. Also, another move that the Raiders made on Thursday to free up some cap space, even though it won't be used right now, it won't be till post-June 1st, is the release of linebacker Corey Littleton. That move's going to save them $11.75 million, but again, you can't use that till June 2nd. And they're going to have about $4 million in dead money. They'll have $4 million in dead money in 2023, and another $4 million in dead money in 2024, and $1.9 million in dead money in 2025. And the reason why it stretches all the way to 2025 is because they restructured his contract so many times that it's spread out. But again, it will be a post-June 1st cut, and they will save $11.75 million. So right there alone, that's enough to sign their, their draft class. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's that's a good chunk of, of change right there, but it won't come till after June 1st. So that's just something to kind of uh, pay attention to. But when it comes to Corey Littleton, obviously that was a big free agent get that everyone, including myself, thought was going to be a good addition to that Raiders team, and it never was. But if you look at the numbers, it basically cost the Raiders $23.6 million for two seasons. He had four passes defense, one fumble recovery, a half sack, and missed 25 tackles. That was Corey Littleton in a nutshell in two seasons with the silver and black as a free agent. And again, collected a whole lot of money for a whole lot of nothing. $23.6 million. But again, that cap savings that they will get, $11.75 million, is really good. But it's not spaced until 
June 2nd. So that's why he's designated as a post-June 1st release. Now, another move that is actually in the works and on the way, uh, Alec Ingold, fullback Alec Ingold, was not tendered by the Raiders. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network actually tweeted out early on Thursday, about Thursday afternoon, early afternoon, a surprise. The Raiders are not tendering fullback and team captain Alec Ingold. Engel tore his ACL in Week 10, but is expected to be a full go for training camp. Vegas isn't closing the door on bringing him back, but he'll be free to sign anywhere on March 16th. Again, that was from Tom Pelissero on Twitter. And then minutes after that is when Alec Engel put out an uh, Instagram post basically saying, thank you, Raider Nation. Then you saw tweets from like Josh Jacobs saying, this one hurt for real, for real. And Kenyon Drake saying, I'm going to miss this guy. And obviously... They know that Alec Engel won't be back. As a matter of fact, Vinny Bonsignor reached out to Alec uh, after the news dropped, and uh, Alec called it gut-wrenching, knowing he wasn't going to be back with the Raiders in 2022. And that's really unfortunate. I mean, one, he's a fan favorite. He's a hell of a player. Uh, made his way as an undrafted free agent out of Wyoming, of course. But... Also, just the dude he is, right? I mean, the guy was an outstanding citizen here in Las Vegas, just a real good dude. I mean, we talk about guys all the time that get in trouble, like Henry Ruggs. We don't have to go over that story, but we know what happened. We know what happened with Damon Arnett. We know what's happened multiple times with Nate Hobbs. You know, but Alec Ingold was a model citizen. He was a guy that went to schools all the time. He did a lot of good charity work. He did a lot of good community service type work. I mean, he's just a real good, outstanding dude. So I uh, hate to see Alec Ingold go, but you know, it's a business and that's just what happens. And look, this new regime is loyal to nobody because none of these guys are their guys. So don't be surprised that there's some more guys that are released, let go, traded that you think, wait, wait, hold on. That, that guy, you can't let that guy go. He's a Raider. Well, this regime could do just about whatever they want because, again, they have no ties to any of these guys. And some people said, oh, well, Alec Ingold Q, he's not, a, he's not a fit with what Josh McDaniels wants to do. Well, that's not necessarily true. Tashawn Reed from The Athletic actually put out a tweet, did a little bit of research. He said Patriots fullback Jacob Johnson played 28% of their offensive snaps last season, so you figure the Raiders would use one under Josh McDaniels. He did say that, hey, Alec Ingold is smaller than Johnson, and he's coming off that major injury, so maybe that's the logic behind it. But unfortunately for Raider Nation, that's not the logic they want to hear, right? They want want to hear team captain Alec Engel and fan favorite will be back but most likely he will not and my final nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day has to do with the old former Raider old Khalil Mack is on his way back to the AFC West I have to tell you Raider Nation I was shocked I was floored. I couldn't believe it when I saw the news from Adam Schefter that the Bears were trying to trade Khalil Mack to the L.A. Chargers. Could not believe it until I actually read it a couple times, realized I wasn't being uh, goofed on. I wasn't being, you know, looked at a, a fake Twitter account or something like that. Realized, nope, this is the real deal. Then all of a sudden it became official. Bears and Chargers have agreed to a trade. The Chargers are expected to send a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick to the Bears in return for Khalil Mack. Also, the Chargers are taking on all of Max contract, which is three years at $63.9 million left. So the Bears are getting, you know, a lot of cap space relief. They're also getting the draft picks in return, which, hey, look, if you're the Chargers and you got a hell of a defense and you got a guy like Joey Bosa and all of a sudden you have a guy like Khalil Mack across from him, you don't really care about the money that you got to pay Mack. You don't really care that you're giving up some compensation. I think that the Chargers really did good with that trade. I really do. I think they upgraded that defense in a major way. And, well, the AFC West just got that much tougher. And now the Raiders really 
Got to make sure their offensive line is on point. They've got a lot of work to do. I'll say that. And I know that Khalil Mack's not the Khalil Mack that he was when he was winning Defensive Player of the Year for the Raiders. But, you know, he's still a hell of a player. And you combine him. You saw what happened with Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe. You have bookends like that. It's going to make each other better. And I just think that uh, Khalil Mack's going to have a heck of a year with the Chargers. Brandon Staley was in Chicago when he first got to Chicago. So he knows exactly how to use him. And uh, I think that they're going to go out there and do some good things together. So, uh, Raider Nation, just buckle up this uh, upcoming year not that I don't think that the Raiders can't compete because I do I believe that they can run with anyone in the division but man it's going to be a tough one right I don't see any team in the division sweeping another team I really don't and it's funny I was talking about it on Raider Nation Radio 920 with my guy Damon, and he brought up the point of man it might take 10 wins to win the division that's it and he brought up a great point it might be one of those years next year where 10 wins wins it because teams aren't sweeping teams they're not dominating teams because it's so so up in the air, so much craziness is going on. So the Raiders got their work cut out for them. They got to continue to improve their roster. I do think that they will, but they got to make it work. And Khalil Mack is now back in the AFC West, and he'll get to go up against his old buddy Derek Carr and try to sack Derek Carr twice a year now instead of once every every few years. So there you go, Khalil Mack back to the AFC West. And I did say that that was my last little nugget. I will throw this in, kind of tying it all together. I mentioned that the Raiders need to really shore up that offensive line. Well, the Cowboys are trying to move right tackle Lyle Collins. Now, Lyle Collins has been with the Cowboys since 2015. He actually fell out of the draft because he had some controversy around his name. His buddy was uh, being questioned in a murder case, and Lyle Collins was kind of called into question for that as well. Uh, But obviously nothing ever happened happened with him as far as that's concerned so he dropped out of the draft the Cowboys picked him up I think he's a damn good right tackle I would have no problem if the Raiders uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels picked up the phone and called uh, the Cowboys and said hey what's it going to take to get him Collins overall grade by pro football focus in 2021 was 82 uh, 76.2 as a pass blocker and 89.8 in the run game so I had people hitting me up say oh he's only average no he's better than average He's a lot better than average. And I'll tell you right now, uh, that would be a hell of an upgrade over what the Raiders have at the right tackle position. Lyle Collins, I would have no problem with the Raiders making a move for him. Now, I don't know what it's going to cost them. I don't know what the Cowboys are going to want. And if they want too much, then no. Then just go dip into the draft. Go get Morgan Moses from the Jets like I've been suggesting a couple times. But if you want to get a dude that's younger, that's going to be around a little bit longer, I would definitely pick up the phone and call the Cowboys and see what it would take to get Lyle Collins this year. His salary is $10 million, so it's very, very reasonable. So, again, I would have no problem with the Raiders making that move, and I think that they definitely should be on the horn at least inquiring to see what it would take, and I'm sure that they are. So that's officially all the news and notes I have for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my conversation with Oren O'Neill, the fullback from the Raiders, was drafted in 2007 in the sixth round. I've been holding on to this interview all week, and finally – it will be heard. That's coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.net. And, yeah, I know football season's over as far as the games are going. But, man, if this has not been the craziest week as far as storylines and all kind of moving and shaking, it is going down. But as far as games go and stuff that you can bet on, basketball, pro and college, there's some great action going. It's March, so it's March Madness time. Betonline.net's got your odds, totals, player performance props. They got everything you need for all your sports betting. They remain your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. But they've got hockey. They've got boxing. They've got UFC. And, hey, baseball's on the way back. What do you know? Baseball's on the way back. So America's pastime will be played sooner rather than later, so you can get your bet on with that as well. Go to the website on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the trends and check out all the action. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. 
Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Finally time to jump into part one of my conversation with former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. Literally been holding on to this interview all week long. Really ashamed of myself because it's a really good interview, and I wanted to play it, but there was so much moving and shaking going on in the NFL this week. It just was no time to get it in, but now I don't care. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen today. So here's part one of my conversation from earlier this week. We start off talking the draft and the combine. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk a little Ra- Raider football is former Raiders fullback Oren O'Neill. He was drafted in the sixth round back in 2007. And Oren, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you making some time for me. Wanted to pick your brain about the draft process. We just got wrapped up with the combine, just saw everything that was going on with that. And of course, it's a stressful time of year. Uh, every, everybody, every fan base wants to know who their team's going to draft. And obviously, all the draftees want to know where they're going. So, uh, like I said, you were drafted in the sixth round in 2007. What is the process like, you know, after your last collegiate game leading up to World Draft Day? Well, it's a little different for uh, it's a little different for everybody, right? Because, uh, you know, after my last collegiate college game, uh, you know, I was coming from a, a smaller school and, uh, and then I was a fullback too. So, you know, a lot of fullbacks, even when I was playing, they didn't get drafted, right? So you're thinking like, okay, okay, what's the, you know, who's going to come see me? Uh, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, I didn't get an invite to the combine. So all my thing, all my showcase had to be done at my school. And was wondering, like, well, I hope the scouts come out and see me, which they were. They was coming through. I had about like eight or nine scouts out to see me. And they came out, they, you know, ask about, you know, your personality and all this stuff. They already do all that check before you get there. But then they really <laughs> just want to see. They really just want to see, like, okay, especially – when you come from a mid-major school, it's like, okay, I see him playing on film and stuff like that. But I really want to see his measurables in person. Uh, what does he look? How does he move? You know, and all those things. And it's basically you just got to put just pack, just put it like this. Everything in your football life really is balled up into like a, a one-day event, right? When you, do, when you don't get invited to the combine, you got one day to show off, one afternoon to show off your speed, your skill and everything. You show that like, hey, I'm, I'm the guy that you want on your team, right? And you had a, and you know, it's kind of nerve wracking the night before, but you know, you put in the work and you get ready to show off and it's pretty, you know, if you, if you show off well, it, it pays off. You know, it paid off for me, right? Right. <laughs> right. I so, mean, yeah. exactly. And like you mentioned, a lot of fullbacks don't get drafted. Even even today, a lot of fullbacks don't get drafted uh, just because of the nature of the beast of the position. And what do you think about that? What do you think? I mean, a, a lot of the uh, teams don't even use fullbacks. There's a handful of teams. The Raiders have a really good one in Alec Engel. But I mean, a oh, handful yeah. of teams don't even use the fullback position. Does that ever kind of, I don't want to say bother you, but just you uh, look at it like, what's going on with my position? Man, that bothers me tremendously. It was like, <laughs> cause when I, cause like when I came out, when I got drafted, what oh seven? Who that, that was a while ago. I'm getting older, but he was. But uh, well, now only like half the league was using fullbacks, right. right? And then now, as the game's evolving, right, you see more of a spread wide open, to, you know, wide wide open, uh, a more passing game. With a lot of teams don't even carry a fullback at all. But I remember when I got drafted, though, it was starting to trend that way. But when the scouts would come through. They would tell me, they were like, oh, now, you know, a lot of teams aren't carrying fullbacks. It's not because they don't want to. It's because when we go out to the scouting ranks, you know, we're not seeing the, we're not seeing the, uh, we're not seeing the, the prospects that we want to come into the league. Cause at that time, the game was transitioning more of a spread offense. So right. 
there wasn't a lot of it started in college. There wasn't a lot of teams using fullbacks, so you can't draft what's not there. And then you think about why somebody would be fullback. We got to think about it. How many people want to go out there and be a uh, just bang your body up so everybody else can get the touchdowns, get the glory, right? <laughs> right. And then you go out there, you look at that, you Google what's the least paid position in the NFL. Guess what's going to pop up? Fullback, Full right? <laughs> <laughs> Fullbacks and punters, right? So I don't know. It was hard. They were saying it was hard to find the talent to come there, but it started trending that way, and now it's even more that way, even more so now. But you know, I think like everything in the league comes in waves. Maybe in a few years it'll 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 come back because you think about it. If uh, the defense got to accommodate uh, the more spread style offense where everybody's got to be faster and quicker, so now you got lighter linebackers, you got more people with range and speed. So now you come out and start switch the power. Eventually, you just be you know running through everybody, right? But I'm hoping it'll make a swing back because I love to see the fullbacks. And I, you know, I, and the fullbacks we got out there now, we got to go with now, right? With the Raiders, and you go really follow them. Yeah, and I'm really uh, impressed by why he can block, but they can get out in the, he can get out in the uh, flats, catch a pass, and hurdle, and jump over people, and things like that. You know, it was, uh, you know, it, it's moving that way. So I hope they come back. I hate to see you know people not using it, right? People don't recognize the skill and and the things that have to come in to be a fullback, right? Because you think about it. You got to be basically a, a mini offensive lineman, a right. tight end. You got to be a receiver. You yeah. got to be a running back. You got to do a special teams guy. You got to be – so it calls for a lot, right? So right. I, I think it's a great position. We need to have more of no, it is. And, you know, really behind every great running back that you see in the Hall of Fame and, and all the guys that have the big yards and touchdowns, like you mentioned, they have a great fullback. I mean, they just yeah. had great fullbacks that they ran behind. And that's got to be really selfless, too. Just I mean, just knowing that you're going to put in a lot of work, you're going to be probably the most physical guy on the field, and you're not going to get much glory unless you do something wrong like miss a block. Then all of a sudden it'll be like, you know what? That was on that fullback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you're right. You're right about that, man. But I tell you, uh, I don't know. Uh, you're right. It's got to be a selfish position. But I don't know. Like when I was playing, and you get one of those, give one of those good pancake block, but then you know it just opens the hole even wider, right? And then you hear like pow. You hear the, you know, you hear the block. You see him go down. But then next thing you know, you know you did a good block. Because next thing you know, the crowd, the crowd is going wild. I think the running back done sprung wide open and stuff like that. And then. uh you go. You might not see it uh, on the on the live TV uh, video feed stuff like that. But the next day you're watching the film, you can't help but to see the way when you go in there, you move that linebacker out the spot. You open the hole like two or three yards wider and things like that. You see a spring of glory. That that makes you feel good. You can't deny it, right? It's right. Just, some film looks good. Yeah, no, it really does. Again, we're talking right now with Oren O'Neill, former Raiders fullback, uh, drafted in the sixth round back in 2007. And Oren, I mean, your career cut short. You didn't get to play in as many games as you wanted to because of a uh, massive injury, but you battled back from that. But just knowing the handful of games that you were able to play in and everyone's not guaranteed the league, as you very well know, what was it like for you just to be in the locker room, be a member of the Silver and Black, put on that uniform and, and play in front of that loud crowd? Man, it, it was amazing, right? Especially come from come from Arkansas, right? Don't really have a uh, we don't have a football team. Everybody in Arkansas cheers for the Cowboys, right? Yeah, I'm not a Cowboy fan, right? So <laughs> you get drafted by the Raiders. You, you, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm a uh, a fan, like a like a true fan of football, like study the game and all this stuff. We used to watch, you know, every team's backstory, and then you hear about the Raiders, and then boom, that's your first initiation to uh, to football to the to the NFL, right? My first NFL game I ever experienced was my rookie year, getting ready to play Detroit, right? It's my first time ever coming to an NFL game. It was wow. out there in the silver and black and stuff like that. 
but you get out there from Arkansas, now you're in the Bay because we was Oakland. Yeah, then, yeah. You know, <laughs> and you get all these, you know, and then you get out there and then uh, you, you you go from playing with the guys on the video game or seeing these guys on TV, you know, a couple of Hall of Famers out there, you know, Sapp, Warren Sapp was out there, he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. but you play against a couple of guys and now you're in the huddle with them. But then you get out there, you can really, you, know, you can play with them, right? You know, and you, uh, you know, my rookie year started off pretty good. You know, lots of pats on the back because you got there. Like, cause, like I said, like a the, like a lot of people didn't carry fullbacks, but we ran. We switched to a running style offense, right? You know, Kiffin came in. You know, we we, we grabbed. Him. I, I really loved. It. We we ran the ball well. We went from like I think I don't know something like. 25th we wasn't that high in the league in rushing the previous year when i got there now we like third and fourth yeah and and then yeah. rushing and things like that and you know you was a big part of that you get pats on the back we go around the town like oh man yeah we did interviews you know the jumbo trauma for the games i'm like oh this is amazing this is it this is, this is awesome right i play fullback and i'm getting love like this and stuff like that and then uh then just like the the fans were just like totally different right you know, the black hole, the way they dressed, the way they just went after the ball. They just, I don't know. It was a, it was amazing experience, right? And then, uh, I don't, I, there's nothing I, man, I can't explain. It. I don't think, I don't think being with any other team would have had the same experience, right? Having that fan base that the, that the Raiders have and the mystique. And I don't know. I think we got the best uniforms and colors in the yes, league and stuff yes. like that. <laughs> I don't even play anymore, but my wife looks at my wardrobe like, hey, how you wear it? Black, silver, and white. Can we get something else and stuff like that? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just uh, Although it's just mold, it just did something to me, man. I, you know, I loved every minute of it. And I just, of course, you ran into some injury. Then, you know, I didn't expect the way that it happened the way it did. But, you know, the, my time out there was amazing. It was great. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it, you know. And, again, I agree with you 100%. The uniforms are the best in the business. The fan base is the best in the business. I, I remember many times sitting there in the Coliseum, and it wasn't the greatest stadium. You know, it wasn't Allegiant Stadium. But I'll tell you what, that place was rocking. The fans had it going. Uh, they were lathered up. They got there early, and they stayed late, you know. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> love love Raider Nation and what they do and how they represent for their players. And, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. Owner Mark Davis says that all the time. When you hear that, when you hear once a Raider, always a Raider, what does that mean? mean to you i mean it, it, it means a lot to me right because you know i wouldn't say i'm a big fan of the nfl i'm a fan I'm, i love being a raider right because right. it's uh it, it's a special time of my life put some memory i made some you know some great friends out there you know you know uh beside the business are part of it like right. football it turned to a business you take the business side of it that make you a little bit like uh, yeah i hear you when you go straight to the, <laughs> to the like the raiders side like football like oh yeah it's all love right and they, and they really mean it when they say once a raider always a raider right uh, when they, uh, you know, they stay in touch, they reach out to us, they, you know, they send us like this nice little brick to say, hey, you part of, when we build the stadium, now you're going to be forever part of the stadium. Whenever you're out in Vegas, reach out, we're going to do all these things. I just got back from the, I took my family out there the first time to see anything, to see everything. Nice. Like, you know, they, they used to, they'd be in Oakland, but we went out there to Vegas, like for a Pro Bowl weekend and things oh, yeah. like that. Yep, and, yep. Yeah, the game was nice to the stadium show what's going on and tell them like, hey, will you guys get ready in town? Just give us a holler, come back, you know, we'll just stay in touch we'll stay in touch. And like and I talked to other people around the league and stuff like that. You know, some teams take care of folks like that, but some guys I would talk like, oh, they didn't they didn't take care of us like that. But yeah, 
they mean it when they say once a Raider, always a Raider. That's a, it's a pretty good feeling every yeah. time we get to get around that silver and black. I have no doubt about it. Every time I talk to a, a former Raider, they always say the same thing. The Raiders organization always takes care of us, and they do believe that when they say once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, talking right now with Oren O'Neill. So you got the stadium tour. Uh, what did you think of it? And, and have you, you haven't been to a game yet, uh, obviously, if, if you just now took the tour. So uh, when are you going to make your, your plans to come out to a game and see some live action? Well, I'm going to, man, the plans to be out there this year because they told me, like, once the Raider, always the Raider thing is for real. They got, you know, they, they bring alumni guys out yep. there to watch the game, do sweet visits, talk mm-hmm. to people, just, just you know, show off, you know, show, you know, just to be a part of the action again and stuff like that. I'm planning to be, uh, I'm, I haven't got the date set, but I'm trying to get a game out there. We can get back out there where I can see an action because I saw it, I saw the Pro Bowl there. Like, man. The yeah. stadium, like every there's, there's not a bad seat in the house. Every view from like everything looked good, right? And then uh, I just can't wait to see it. You know when it's rocking when we cheering for like the silver and black out there, right? So I'm gonna be out there this season. Nice, the first chance I get. Nice. I'll tell you that last game of the season against the Chargers. Obviously, it's a division rival. It was for the playoffs. It went to overtime. I mean, it was just one of the crazy games. That place, I have never seen it rocking more than that. Of course, it's it's a new building, but it is. I have never seen it rocking like that. That was the that was the experience right there. So, uh, if, if Vegas could continue to to have that kind of electricity, and uh, I, again, I don't think anything will ever be like the Coliseum, but that is going to be an electric place to be. So, you definitely need to come out there or come out here and check it out. You did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> so that was part one of my conversation right there with former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill. Really good stuff right there. Uh, and I'm telling you, Oren was a great guy to talk to. I, I literally could have talked to him probably for another 30 minutes. I didn't. I, I talked to him for another 15 minutes, and you'll hear that coming up in segment number three. But what a good dude, man. Just a guy that was easy to talk to, fun to talk to. And as you'll hear at the end of the interview, a guy that I'll definitely keep into contact with. So coming up in segment number three, part two of my conversation, we're going to start off talking about his injury one of his massive injuries that he had that cut his career short before I get to any of that though I do want to tell you about Built Bar I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time of course in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day they've got a white chocolate shamrock Built Bar. That's right. Just like a Shamrock Shake, but this is a Built Bar. So you might want to get your hands on that in time for St. Patty's Day. Very low in calories, very high in protein, very low in sugar, and high in taste. 100% covered in chocolate. You want to get that. Maybe that's not your flavor. Maybe German chocolate cake is more your style. Well, that's available for a limited time only. And every time I tell you about limited time only Built Bars, that means that they don't last very long. So you got to go ahead and make that happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. Go to the website today, Built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out. And just know that you're getting a protein bar that tastes great but is really good for you, which is very rare. That combination is very, very rare. But you can get it with Built Bar. So, again, check out the website today, Built.com. Promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15 percent off your order when you go to check out your locked on Raiders your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day here we go Raider Nation segment number three of today's locked on Raiders podcast time to jump into part two of my conversation with former Raider fullback Oren O'Neill uh, he was drafted back in 2007 a sixth round pick uh, didn't play a whole lot of games because he got injured so uh, we're going to start off this segment right here in this part of the conversation we're talking about that injury and how it affected him here we go part two of my conversation with Oren O'Neill 
So as far as, you know, the injury that, that cut the career short, you know, I remember when it happened, Lane Kiffin came out and said, hey, it's career-threatening. You battled back from that. What was going through your mind? I mean, you're a young man, just got to the league. You're seeing success, and then all of a sudden, boom, that happens. Wow. But I, I remember, I remember, I like real tears, like, rose. I was like, man, everything, I, you know, jumped through the gear, cause, right? Because cause I had to, so I went to Arkansas State. That's where I'm from. I walked on, right? right. You know, I had to earn a scholarship. Before I got my scholarship, I didn't even have a place to stay. Couldn't afford a place to stay. At times, I was in two years trying to earn my scholarship. I was homeless at times, doing things to make it. All the hurdles I jumped through to get there. It's like, yeah, then you get there. I'm finally here. You're like, yeah. And then you get there, and you, and you out there, you playing. You, oh, I mean, you're not just playing, but you out. I remember there was some games <laughs> I was playing against some guys like these vet linebackers, these veteran linebackers I really, you know, you admired know, and stuff like that. And then we was playing that smash mouth football and they'd be, you know, tapping out in the first quarter. Like, they'd be like, hey, young buck, I ain't going to bang like this the rest of the game. It was the middle <laughs> of the game where I was shocking stuff like this, stuff like that. But you go for like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. Because, you know what I mean? I got these guys doing, feeling like this, like, yeah, this is it. Like, every game was like, there's pancake blocks and stuff like that, special teams, stuff like that. And then, uh, man, just the love to get, like, oh, y'all interviewing me. I'm usually just being just grinded, stuff like that. But y'all like this stuff? Okay, I see you. Right. And then yeah. that one play was against Arizona. And then, you know, that knee bent back was bent all the way back. Uh, so everything in that knee, right? They thought, like, well, this guy might not even walk again, right? right. Then you said that you said to yourself when Kiff got up there and said it might be careers. I remember watching it and it was like, no, why would you say that? Right. <laughs> why would you say that out loud in front of everybody? Because you know what I mean? I was like, but but battle it back. But, but that was a that was like that was a real you know, that was a real tough time, right? Because you know, you put so much into making it to that level right and and then once you get there you have to sustain it is even harder than making it there right and then uh you know uh it just it it, it, it took you to like man, it's just I, i'm not gonna lie it took you to some dark places right you was up you'd be upset about some things but then the battle back from that and i came back from that i was starting i came back starting still doing well that's what that wasn't the thing that ended my career it turns out all that banging over years, you know, I messed my back up. I had a, I had a hole in my spine. They said my all the compacts, all them, uh, all those, uh, um, all those uh, collisions and things like that. Man, it, it got so bad where I had to have spine fusion surgery. And that's what ended the career, and that's what really just uh, that was a really tough time, right? But uh, after I got done, uh, you know, I left and I was a steam turbine engineer for General Electric and. Uh, I really fell in love with, because uh, I got my degrees in engineering, yeah. and I'm really in love with all things STEM and STEAM, and my family, we started a nonprofit where we, uh, you know, engage, uh, you know, kids from uh, underserved communities, and, you know, just mentor them through STEAM and STEM technology. I want I want, every, I want everybody to learn how to code and be computer scientists. I taught myself how to be a computer scientist, but, wow. you know, finding that next thing after football where I use football to get their attention, but then I show you, hey, yeah, you can, you can also, you know, be real smart. You can be a geek and still play football too, right? You can do all those things, right? So, right. <laughs> so I found another thing to kind of uh, fill the void of, uh, you know, losing football because that's really, it feels like, it, it really, like, it's hard to describe to people who haven't, uh, just think about it, man. Just imagine, like, when you're young, you say, you, like, my goal in life is to be this, right? Yeah. yeah. This is all I want to do. Right. And then you reach that, you reach that goal when you're, like, 23, right? <laughs> you actually do what you said that you was going to do when you're 23, and then everything just gets snatched away out of your control and stuff like that. And then you're like, now what, right? 
So, so now you find something that kind of it's kind of like mourning a loss, like like a death. But then you find something to uh, fill that void and give you more purpose, and you move on and and you keep going. I ain't gonna lie, man, it's still kind of still kind of tough to cut it on and not be able to get out there, but. You know, I watched uh, when I watch people say, "You still a fan of the game?" No, nah, I'm a fan of the Raiders. I watch the Raiders and I read about the Raiders, right? But I, you know, I watch football. But you know, um, it's getting to a point now where it's, it's more enjoyable, and I'm bouncing back. And I, you know, and then I look at it now like, hey, if I was if I wouldn't have got hurt, I've been retired by now anyway. So it's time to it's time to mentally move to that next stage, and like you know, so <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, and I'm glad you said that. I think it's really important, and I think we're starting to see that with a lot of the younger players that are coming into the league that have kind of an idea of hey this ain't forever you know and, yeah. and there's got to be something afterwards how important is it in your opinion obviously you did it but to be able to use football and 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 kind of have it be your launching point but know that hey I've, I might have to find something else at some point and then really work that like you said I mean that's incredible just being able to kind of parlay that into what you did and, and, and doing the nonprofit and everything and I mean that's that's something that everyone doesn't always think about right it's and it's super important right because uh you know, it's not just about like, oh, I need to have a career after this so I can make money, right? After right. this and things like that. Because, you know, you can find that, right? Mm -hmm. You can find it, but it's like, okay, how am I separating the game from the individual, right? You know, how can I tie my, I can't, I can't go into this tying myself to something. Like, I can't say that I'm a football player because you can't be a football. You can only be a football player for a certain amount of time. And if you say that's all you are, that's all that your identity is linked to. Well, it's there's no doubt. There's no way around it that it's going to end usually like nine times out of ten before you want it to be. Right. Right. And if you're yeah. not mentally and psych psychologically ready to be prepared for, you know, that separation. I don't care how much money you make out the league, you be like, it's still kind of whole. It's a hole, man. They just can't be filled, right? So I tell a lot of kids, like, hey, you can still be good at this game. I mean, it's a tough thing to do, right? It's a tough thing to do. Just think about the percentage of people that make it to the NFL is less than one percent from right. high school. So the amount to be a part of that small percentage, it's got to be a, like a major part of your life. Like it has to be, or else you won't do which things you need to get there. So you got to find a way to like, okay, it's going to be a major part of my life, but it does. It's not what defines me, right? And that's a hard balance to do. That's hard to go in and try to get these young men to teach you stuff like that. Like, hey, man, I know everything it takes to get there, but you got to go the extra effort, just like you would train to run these, to be a, to run the, you know, make these great jump cuts or malt, or make these incredible catches just, or to get fast and stuff like that. Just like you would train physically like that, you have to find a way to train mentally so you can be able to compete on the highest level, not like, like you have to be a world-class athlete, but still be able to separate that from who you are and what defines you as an individual. Because when it's gone, man, if you're not prepared, like you will struggle mentally, uh, after it's done, so that's a that's a tough balancing act, right? Because we're getting like what you know, it's it's tough to get there, and you got to put everything in it, but you got to find a way to to get that thing that defines you uh, beyond something that only lasts for a certain part of your life, right? And, and some of it, you know, like obviously there's there's greater purposes, you know. I mean, there, you you got the football, uh, football was great. You played your games that you played, everything was going good, but you had a bigger purpose. You had, you might not have known it. But you had a bigger purpose, you know. I mean, it just it feels like that there was there was more in in stock for you that you even didn't realize. But you were able to, you know, again not not feel sorry for yourself, uh, upset by what happened, but not feel sorry for yourself and make it work. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's huge. Well, I tell you, I tell you this though, 
uh, you say not feel sorry, but, I, but man, when it was over, I ain't gonna lie, man. I, it was it was a tough transition. Like it was a tough transition, really. Yeah. Right? You know, um, <clears throat> you think about um, all the things that football meant to me as a person, right? Uh, football. I don't know. It, I don't know how to explain, but it changed the trajectory of everything about my life. Right? I thought it gave me value. Like, like you know, growing up, I grew up in you know everywhere. Like, uh, I don't know, some things come up from my childhood where you don't seem value, but all of a sudden you get good at football. Right? Then everybody look at you totally different. Like, oh yeah, and you look at that football as like it's your life saving, value giving, the you know, thing that you need all the time, stuff like that. And then it's gone, right? And then now you now I like those first few years after after league, you know, I was in a real I was in a real dark space. Right, and right, um, that was right. the first time in my life I got introduced to like the mental health therapy. Mm. And uh, when we found out that, you know, a lot of the things that I think I was struggling with, it had nothing to do with football being gone. It had nothing to do with the fact I thought it was because I couldn't play football no more and stuff like that. But that was it. What I found out, you know, through mental health therapy is and when I found out through mental health therapy is that like um you know, the thing the football did for me covered up all those things I should have been working on, right? It is all those things that was eating me up and and things that happened growing up and stuff like that. Football covered that up. Right. But when it's gone, I don't have that cover no more. Yeah. And now like all those things you didn't deal with, they was underneath building up and all the stuff like this. And now you're now you uh your little your, your crutch that's keeping you from dealing with is gone. Now you gotta do with all those things you ain't prepared, right? Right. Do it on your own. <laughs> so, so I found, so, you know, I got, you know, I went and got the, the help I needed and stuff like that. And, and I, you know, and I realized, like, oh, and it helped me, you know, transition, to make the real transition. So I would say to any athlete out there that's listening now, right, you know, you got to find a way to be great at football without letting it be your only defining purpose, right? Because when it's gone and you're not ready for it, it can't be a tough transition. Yeah, you know I, mean? I believe it. I go with some. Some other guys who play, you know, a lot of guys play league, stuff like that. They run to the same thing. But once you find yourself, you can make it. Yeah, no no doubt. And, uh, again, we're talking right now with Orrin O'Neill, former Raider fullback here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and I'll tell you, man, I mean, you know, you start start talking, having a conversation, and, and you think that you're going to go one direction. But I'm telling you, your testimony is amazing. I mean, it really is. It's it's something that is so intriguing. And, and uh, you know, you get more, I feel like, at least I get more out of a conversation like this than even more about the X's and O's of the game because, you know, it's just perseverance. It's overcoming things. It's finding purpose. It's, it's a lot of different things, man, and it's important important for other people to hear that as well and know that you know hey it could be them as well so um really really great testimony i, I do appreciate it really oh yeah man i appreciate you having me man appreciate you having me on yeah yeah we'll have to we'll have to do this again sometime and uh and uh keep on doing what you're doing what uh what, what you got going on uh right now these days what's, what's going on well right now what's going on right now like i said a lot of it is um a lot of it is like working with working with the nonprofit, right? Because you know, I yeah. got this big, I got this big dream of mine, right? Because you know, I love tech, I love the tech space, you know. I want, you know, and I and I want to help diversify, right? I yeah. love, I say I love the hood because I, I come from these communities. Like I want to go back to the hood, right? I want to start this tech company, 
that's employed by all the end of all these kids I'm engaging with from like we engage kids as young as kindergarten, right? Get them in, you know, first we get them right, feeling good about themselves, right? Mentally and and uh socially, you know, just good in inside as individuals, right? Then we give them these skills for the future and then we hope for their best, right? But I want them to be able to get these skills, feel all right with themselves, and then come back. Don't leave the hood, come back here, stay here. Let's build something where now we can start rebuilding these communities from the inside and you know and then start doing great things, you know, one block at a time, right? So right. that's been my main focus now to get the get all these kids, help these kids and get things going and then look for ways to revitalize communities with the tech space. Cause now what's happening in tech is just, you know, level the playing field for, you know, a lot of a lot of communities. Right. If you can get this knowledge, you can make these things. It don't matter who's closing the door, your face or whatever. If you can make it create, you can sit there, and create your own things and start rebuilding, right? Bringing in real revenue, real opportunities and changing the face, the way your community looks. So that's my big goal. The name of our nonprofit is Big Hope. That's the big hope, right? Yeah. We're going to start rebuilding these communities with tech one block at a time. Okay, okay. Well, the big hope is there. Is there a website that, that we can we can pass along? Is there any information we can pass along to anybody else to kind of get this in their ear and, and information in front of them as well? Oh yeah, the the name of the website is www.dbighope.org. And I was saying, especially you know, many like everybody in the tech space is looking to give back, right? Especially if you come from these communities like the ones we serving, these kids need to see a representation of themselves doing these things, right? If anybody wants to, you know, have fun, engage these kids, teaching these tech skills, talk great football, whatever stuff like that. Especially if you got anybody in the tech in the tech industry from Raider Nation, reach out so we can go out and start helping me rebuild this community and make this talent that can create that can create real change now in the tech space, right? Right. Reach out, let me know what's up. That's awesome. That it really is. And, and look, Oren, we're going to, and I appreciate all the time. I mean, you've been super generous with your time. We're going to do everything that we can. I, if it's okay with you, I'd like to check in with you every so often to see, you know, how we can update things and, and keep things rolling. I'd like to really get this, this ball rolling and, and help out our youth, man, help out the community as well. Man, you can reach out to me, man. I'm open, man, especially like with everything. Like I'm trying to get to know the fan base and base because, you know, everything's been open, right? I'm open, guy. Yeah, yeah. Raiders are Raiders, but man, I, you know, you know, I got the time, man, to reach out anytime, whatever, right? We bring this the thing about tech. A lot of things we do is a combination of virtual and in-person engagement, right, to the kids. I kind of like kind of like an interactive session street we teach to these kids. I play my guitar for them. <laughs> I, make robot, I make robots for them. Nice. I show them how to code, all this stuff like that. But, you know, I would love to, like, you know, I'm really trying to, because I went out there to Vegas, like, man, this is dope. Everything said and stuff like this. I want to be more part of this stuff like this. So, man, reach out, man. We can, I really want to help grow this. I really want to get to know Vegas more. Uh, so, man, I'm open, man. Anytime you got my numbers. No, I will. I will for sure. And whenever you come out to Vegas, make sure you hit me up. And, and we'd love to get you know get you on and link up and, and talk about it. And like I said, update this as well because I think it's a big deal. And I love to give back to the community. So, let's work together on this. All right, man, that's a bet. So there it is. There it was. I apologize for taking all week to get to that interview. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed talking about it and talking with Oren O'Neill because, again, he was really fun to talk to. As you could tell by listening to it, uh, we had a really good conversation going, and uh, he's really got some good things going off the field uh, now that he's got his life outside of football. And uh, I love the fact that he's really giving back to the community and helping with the youth and everything. And so uh, when I said that I'm going to follow up with them and try to help promote everything he's got going on, I, uh, I absolutely will. I mean, that's a no-brainer. We've already been in contact actually a couple times throughout this week. 
just talking about it. But uh, Big Hope, check it out on YouTube, the Big Hope video. If you want to see everything that he's got going on, it, it breaks it down right there. You should check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to, to help out with that, and I'm going to have him on the radio show a couple times, have him on the podcast a couple more times just to help continue to promote it. So uh, thank you, Raider Nation, for a fantastic week, an action-packed week. Didn't know it was going to be like this, but, hey, starting on Monday, guess what? The legal tampering period is going to begin at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you think that that went fast and furious this week, just wait till you start hearing all the news that rolls out on Monday. And who knows? I'm sure there'll be plenty coming out over the weekend as well. So Raider Nation, have a great weekend. Uh, We'll talk again on Monday. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. So until we speak again on Monday, have a great weekend. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.